Hi everyone, Emily here. I'm so excited to talk about our partnership with Descrits. Descrits is truly the insider's guide to the ARE. Made by two young architects who recently passed their exams, the book breaks down all six exams into topic outlines and reading lists with specific pages to study from outside resources. For me, the hardest part of the ARE was figuring out what to study. I've used Descrits personally as a study guide for my last four exams and couldn't recommend it enough. It's easy to follow, graphically pleasing, which is very important to us design people, and it's very thorough, not vague at all. My personal favorite are the Descrits study sheets that cover objectives of each test in a super manageable way. The sheets only cover key topics, so you don't have to worry about sifting through any excess fluff. If you're interested, go to Descrits.com and use code OPP15 for 15% off. Happy studying! Hey everyone! Hey everyone! I'm Emily. And I'm Maria, and this is the Open Plan Podcast. We're excited to have you here. Join us in navigating life and architecture as young professionals tackling career, education, social lives, and everything in between. Keep up with us on Instagram at Open Plan Podcast. So now let's get into it. Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Open Plan Podcast. So this is Emily here, and today we're actually doing something a little bit different. Um, This is my very first solo episode on the pod. Maria and I have had a super crazy schedule the last couple weeks, and we just have not been able to line up a time for us to record at the same time. So we kind of figured that, you know, instead of delaying releasing another episode, that we could try out a solo episode with just me. Um, and today I'm going to be covering another episode for our ARI series, Project Management. So we know that um, these episodes have been super helpful for you guys. So we didn't want to delay um, putting this out. And yeah, this is something I could definitely talk about. Um, I took project management, I would say maybe two, almost two years ago. That's pretty wild. Um, So yeah, took it and passed almost two years ago. Um, And yeah, I have a lot to say about it. And I want you guys to pass too. If you haven't caught up, uh, we already have episode on getting started on the Aries and also um, an episode on practice management, which is the first exam we recommend taking. So go listen to that if you haven't. And yeah, Uh, Without further ado, we can just get into project management. All right, so project management has a ton of overlap with practice management, which is the first test we recommend. And um, they both have a lot of similarity where it's about kind of the business of architecture. You're really not getting into design just yet with these exams. Um, So if you've studied a lot for practice management, I would say you only have to study a bit more um, to get you fully there for project management um, and a bit more perhaps on contracts and scheduling specifically. And uh, as always, project delivery methods, huge topic for both exams. Um, But yeah, I think you know, if you have already passed practice management, you're in good shape for project management. So getting down to the structure of the test, there are 75 questions, um, which is 10 more problems than practice management. The test duration is three hours. Um, You have an allowed break time of 30 minutes, which stays the same for all exams. And the total appointment time brings you then to three hours and 40 minutes total. So I would say that timing for project management is not 
that much of an issue. So I think if you do enough practice exams at home, which if you've been listening to this podcast, we are constantly hammering doing practice exams. And for so many reasons, it's a great study tool, but it also teaches you about timing and seeing the type of questions you're going to see on the exam. So you really don't want to get there and be like, well, you know, I might have enough time. (laughs) The best way to really know that you're going to have enough time is doing it at home. But high level um, project management questions shouldn't be too wordy, shouldn't be so in depth that you're going to run out of time on the clock. So I wouldn't worry about that. And yeah, as always, other kind of, uh, you know, standard testing stuff, you have the whiteboard, which totally sucks, like I get it. Um, But that is still there. And as always, you can flag questions to go back to. But one thing always, always, always remember, you cannot go back to your questions once you have gone on your break. I think we've been doing this for long enough. I think most people know now not to do that, but I still see every once in a while someone being like, oh my gosh, like I went on a break and I didn't realize I'd be locked out of all the questions I looked at. Um, So that is one actually really big change that has happened since I think it started in the pandemic when remote testing um, happened. So along with the whiteboard, you are now locked out of your questions. So if you're going to review anything, make sure you do it before you go on a break. All right. So that's kind of the admin, you know, structure of the test. But now what I'm going to do is I'm really going to get into what the five major sections of the test are going to cover and also how you would see um, the content take form in a question. So pretty much what the section is going to be about, but really how does it look on the test? So yeah, so for project management, there are five sections. The first one is resource management. So what does that even mean? (laughs) So high level, it means how to create a project team and how each team member's time is going to be managed. Um, So yeah, you know, if you've worked at a firm, you know that you have a team you work with, people you collaborate with every day on a project, and um, this can even extend out to consultants, but you also have an immediate design team that's in-house to architecture. So one thing that principals always look at is how is the time among each of these members going to be managed. And a lot of that comes to how expensive you are, you know, how, what level are you at? If you are an intern, you might um, be able to spend a lot more time on this project compared to a principal who can do the QA, QC, and then charge, say, like a fraction of what the entry-level architect would do. So how this would look in a test question is, For example, an architect has a total design budget of a set number. For example, say the design budget of a project is $300,000. You then have to estimate the weekly hours for each design team member following a set of criteria. So the test is gonna give you some criteria like how long the design schedule is, what percentage of the design fee needs to go to the consultants, um, what the multiplier is. So pretty much you're taking um, and distilling the criteria the test is giving you and figuring out how many hours is going to be dedicated to each team member. And this is a question you're going to see right from the NCARB handbook. Um, It's a big one. Um, Estimating hours is huge. So get familiar with that type of uh, question type. The second question is project work planning. So that pretty much means maintaining a project schedule, 
being able to read Gantt charts and critical path schedules. Um, and yeah, really being able to pick out key dates and important milestones in a project. You would probably see this in the form of a hotspot question. So you would see a schedule be graphically displayed on your screen and they would probably tell you, oh, the project is delayed by a certain number of weeks because of this and that, or the owner couldn't make up their mind about something. Um, so how far behind does this put us back? And you're gonna have to click on, in a bar graph, almost looking chart, how far behind um, schedule you are. So be really familiar with your schedules. I think that's one thing that project management had um, that was very different than practice management. It was a lot more schedule reading. Um, so be familiar with your schedules. The third section is contracts. So contracts was huge in practice management. It's big here again. Um, I would say it gets even deeper in contracts for project management. So if you did your heavy work of uh, studying them in practice management, I would say just to review it. And as always, look at the NCARP handbook for what particular um, contracts are going to be relevant for this exam. So the type of questions you would see about contracts is really going to be very straightforward. Um, they're going to be asking you to relay kind of what a clause would say. So for example, according to A201, what activities are the contractor responsible for? And this might be a question that is one of those like pick four out of six type things, the ones we all hate, <laughs> um, the ones where it's going to be a number of things. So what activities are the contractor responsible for? Another question could be based on B101, what should the architect do if the owner delays the project? And this is stuff that's directly in the contracts as muddled and hard to find as it may seem. Um, and I will repeat this later when we get into resources. But yeah, if you if you rewrite the contract in your own words, you're going to be able to navigate these questions a lot easier. So the fourth um, section of project management is project execution. So these are just really big administrative decisions you're going to have to make about budget, about scope creep. These aren't going to be design decisions, but it's going to be a lot of monetary decisions. So how would you see this in a project? Um, they may ask if the owner requests a new carpet, it's this much, you know, per square foot. And then you also have to add in crew labor and, you know, maybe a delivery fee. How much over budget is this new carpet compared to the old carpet? And they're going to give you that old car carpet number. So this is as much math, you're, as much math as you're going to get in project management, where it's very much realistic things like um, that you would see in the real world. You know, you, the client wants something that's much more expensive, but they don't understand kind of the, the impact of that unless you really compare apples to apples. So that's going to be definitely a question where it's going to, you're going to have to come up with a number that shows how much more expensive it is. And then they might even take it a step further and be like, what can you do as a replacement of this that gives the same um, aesthetic appearance, but is cheaper. And you might have to calculate what the next cheapest option is. Um, yeah. So pretty much lots of how to keep projects affordable and cheap, um, which we're all very familiar with in the real world. 
All right, so the last section of project management is project quality control. And it's pretty much what it sounds like. It's how to maintain a proper standard of care, um, a phrase that MCAR loves to, to use, so standard of care <laughs> um, through the project and make sure the project abides by laws and regulations under government agencies. So how would this look in a question? Um, you may see a question that goes something like, in order to design the correct means of egress and life safety code, what should the architect reference? And they're gonna have a list of different codes. So it'll have state code, ICC, um, they're gonna make up one probably. <laughs> and then there's gonna be one that says, which is the most stringent. And this is a rule of thumb that carry this through everywhere. NCARB will always, always, always side with the one that's the most stringent. So that's the answer. All right. So that was the five sections of project management. Um, I know that was a lot, um, but I think if you have done your work for practice management, it's only taking it a little bit further and definitely going in on the contracts is a big part of this exam. All right, so now we're gonna get into kind of the juicy stuff, the stuff everyone wants to know, resources. Um, so what did I use to pass? I can list that right now. As always, we recommend Descrits as your first point of reference. You could use it to map out your study schedule to, and to figure out what exactly to study and where to find it. So for example, we're gonna be mentioning Ballast um, later on in the resources, but you're gonna know what exact chapter to read in Ballast by looking at Descrits. And same with AHPP, you're gonna know what chapters of AHPP you have to reference. And um, another thing I really like about Descrits is they have these really handy um, cheat sheets. So it's pretty much like your homemade flashcards, really distilling down the information to what you really need to know um, and putting it on one sheet. So a great handy study tool to review the day before the test, you know, throughout your studies. That was honestly one of my favorite parts about uh, Descrits for sure. All right. So second resource, we've said it before, Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice is the Bible for the professional practice exams. Same thing with practice management, now for project management. This really covers, I would say, 80% of the exam. And there's really nothing like it for the technical exams um, that like is a go-to resource. So I really liked that for professional exams, I was like, yep, HPP got me covered. Um, and we're going to link the study guide for HPP, which is published by Wiley. They do a nice breakdown of what chapters you have to read in HPP and how it is relevant to the project management objective. So you don't have to worry about, you know, it's a huge textbook. Don't read it cover to cover. Um, you might want to one day, I don't know, <laughs> whenever you find fun reading. But um, for this, definitely use the study guide and read what's especially relevant. All right, next important resource is Ballast or PPI. And in particular, reading their project management chapters I think I know Ballast has a lot of, it has mixed reviews. So I can see that being correct for the technical exams, but I, I really think they hit the nail on the head with the pro-proc exams. Um, I found it really easy to understand, really easy to absorb, and they have practice questions sprinkled throughout the chapters, which is huge, like to kind of be like a knowledge checkpoint. Like, are you actually paying attention as you're reading? <laughs> so 
I highly recommend ballast for especially the pro practice exams. Um, and as always, do the practice questions and review what you got wrong um, and revisit those practice questions often. So PPI or ballast, I'm not really sure what to call them because people will kind of interchange the two, but their study guide is really great. And then their practice exams and practice questions, huge game changer for the exam. Do the practice questions, do the exam. Um, I also find their exam super helpful, honestly harder than the real thing. So don't freak out if you're not scoring great on ballast practice exams. (laughs) Um, I can admit I did not do so great on them and I would always freak out. But as always, remember practice exams are a study tool. You're using it to find your weak spots. You're using it to absorb things you got wrong. So don't sweat it. Third resource, as we've kind of mentioned a bajillion times already, <laughs> contracts. Contracts are huge. Um, look at the NCARB ARE reference matrix, which highlights the specific contracts you need, you need to know. I also found it super helpful to come up with little t- tips and tricks in your mind to remember these contracts. So right off the bat, remember A equals contractor for A101, B equals architect for B101, and C equals consultant for C401. So those are the the ABCs um, that honestly carry through through the rest of the contracts. You'll see the A, B, and C come in form of A201, which is another contractor agreement. Uh, B401 is another architect, owner architect agreement. So yeah, if you remember the first three letters, you'll already be like halfway there knowing what that contract is about. So specifically how to study the contracts. Uh, We kind of covered this in depth in our practice management episode, but I'm going to repeat it again just in case you haven't heard it. We highly recommend printing the contracts and listening to the Schiff Harden lectures while taking notes on your printed contracts. So Schiff Harden lectures, you might have heard of it, but it's done by an ex-architect who's now a lawyer and he explains the contracts fantastically. So while you have this contract printed in front of you, listen to his lecture and take notes, like follow along. He goes, you know, paragraph by paragraph, which is great. Um, And then rewrite the contracts in your shorthand form once you're done listening to the lecture. And then use that shorthand form of contract to study. The shorthand form is going to be super helpful for um, reviewing it the day before the test, you know, the days leading up to the test. It's just way less intimidating than reading the, you know, full on form of the contract. So now I'm going to talk about practice exams. Um, Practice exams are a big part of studying. Leave at least two weeks before your test date to do just practice exams. Um, So, you know, I mentioned ballast is a great one. For my pro prac exams, I did designer hacks. And it's actually a very affordable um, package, I believe. So you can do like variations of 10 questions, 25 questions, or up to 100 questions for like the full length one. But yeah, they're not as challenging as ballast, but they're really good for grabbing, you know, your weak spots and also like almost testing your memorization. So highly recommend designer hacks. And then these practice exams aren't 100% necessary, but honestly, the more the better. I didn't have Amber Book at the time um, when I was taking the pro-prac exams. So I can't really speak to using Amberbook for them. But um, if you already have it, definitely do that practice exam and the flashcards. 
I really enjoyed using it for my technical exams. So I can imagine it'd be super helpful for your ProPrac exams. And um, same thing with Black Spectacles. I really like their practice exams. I find them to be the most accurate to NCARB's actual test. So those are kind of the big guys for practice exams. And other resources, always look at the NCARB forum. And I'll link that in the show notes. But pretty much it's an open forum for people by tests where they could talk about their fails or passes. And the real goldmine here is the... Um, past posts because people will be super helpful and talk about what they did, what topics they saw on the test. So one thing I would do is really look at these posts, honestly, early in my studying and kind of just be like, okay, I got that. And I cover that and kind of use it as like a back checker. Um, Don't get like super focused on them because I think it could become almost like a rabbit hole of like panic, just being like, oh no, I don't have that resource. And what? Oh my gosh, I I need that now. And, you know, there is always going to be so many ways to pass this test. And honestly, the more resources aren't always the better um, if you're not fully focusing on them. So try not to get too tripped up on other people's study plans, but definitely use it as kind of like a guide for mirrors. And then finally, Quizlet. I have talked about Quizlet before, but it's basically like digital flashcards on your phone. And I'm a huge proponent of flashcards. Like I use flashcards for all of my exams. Like I can't really memorize stuff without them. And Quizlet makes it super easy because it's not like physical paper flashcards. Like now you're, you have it on your phone. You can study when you're in the couch, when you're in the doctor's office waiting. So do that and search for other people's quiz decks, which is huge for Quizlet. You can search project management on there and find a bunch of other people's flashcards. So super helpful. And finally, the ARE Facebook group is another really big resource, um, similar to the NCARB forum. Um, It's just people's experiences and what worked for them. And as always, don't go down the rabbit hole and, you know, try to copy them verbatim. Like maybe you do end up copying them if you have the same resources, but don't feel like you need to buy like a thousand dollars worth of worth of resources because <laughs> it can be overwhelming for sure. But especially for these pro prac exams, I think if you buy what we've talked about so far um, and what I'll have in the show notes below, I think you're going to be more than set. And yeah, as always, the biggest thing is practicing, making sure you see questions, being familiar with the question types. So when you see it on the exam, you're like, okay, I've seen this before. And along those lines, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions on the exams that you've never studied for, you've never seen before, and that's okay. Um, And that's something that took me a really long time to kind of grapple with in my head that you're going to see stuff that they might not even grade or stuff that might be relevant to another test section. Um, The best thing you can do during the test is just to look at it make your best guess and move on and not get in your head about it. Um, That is just the name of the game for these area exams. It's not always going to be exactly what you're studying, but you got to remember the pass rate. You have to get between 68 to 75% correct, I believe. And that changes based on the exam. So just remember that you don't have to be perfect. And that applies for practice exams as well. If you're not scoring 100%, you don't need to for the real exam either. So don't sweat it. So I definitely just touched on 
a little bit of t- test actual day of testing strategies. And I think we're going to do a podcast episode dedicated fully to testing strategies and what you do when you sit an exam and how to best use a strikeout tool. And I'm a big strikeout tool fan, by the way. <laughs> and um, how to best use the whiteboard because the whiteboard is super tricky. So I'm not going to get super in- into detail with that. But I will say that some tools you should be familiar with is, as I mentioned, the strikeout tool to cross out extraneous information. And Carbo loves throwing in random tidbits or even like <laughs> just random things about the client, like down to the client was wearing a pink shirt. No, doesn't matter. Cross that out. Use the t- highlight tool. That's huge for you to focus on what exactly um, the question is asking you. So yeah, that pretty much sums up project management. Um, I hope you guys found this episode helpful. As always, DM us if you have any specific questions um, about the ARES, about studying. Um, This is going to be my motivational pep talk to you at the end of this episode that wherever you are in your journey, we support you and we see you. And I understand, you know, having just gone through this, that it's really hard. Um... And a lot of the times it could feel super isolating. Um, a lot of your, you know, friends, your significant other, like they might not know what it feels like to be going through this. But just remember that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm at the end of the tunnel now and it's so surreal <laughs> and um, almost like speaking to you guys from the other side. Um, it's worth it and you'll get there. And as always, you can't fail a test that you can take again. So remember that about these Aries. And really try to remember your why in doing these exams. It can get really hard day in and day out, you know, just kind of going through the motions of studying. But if you always kind of just have an inspirational quote or something taped up to the wall to remember why you're doing this, it'll be much clearer. It will not feel as painful to study. Um, And, you know, as always, balance your life you know, study, but also make time for your mental health, for exercise, for having fun. Um, And then studying just kind of exists along with that. And soon you're not going to be studying anymore and it's going to feel amazing. And you'll be able to call yourself a licensed architect and no one can take that away from you. So that was project management. I hope you guys found this helpful. As always, DM us if you have any questions particular to an exam, to studying, to the ARE process in general. Our inbox is always open. Um, and yeah, I love hearing from you guys. I love interacting with you guys on Instagram. Quick Instagram plug. If you don't follow us, you definitely should. Um, there's a lot of ARE content on there. A lot of just in general architecture, how to become an architect content. Um, so yeah, follow us there. And that's pretty much what I got for you guys today. Um, Hope you enjoyed this solo episode. I love chatting with you guys as always. And thank you so much for being a listener of the podcast. We appreciate you guys and catch you on the next one. Bye.